Some people make a big deal about generations, and I try not to go totally overboard about it, but I am a millennial, and because of that, I received participation trophies. <laughs> totally not kidding. I remember my first one. It was a plaque that said, you always came to practice. <laughs> That was a that was tennis summer camp. I was I was that bad I was that bad at tennis. Wow. What a painful game. <laughs> There's something else. I grew up getting in fist fights in the schoolyard. Now the older generations know about that too, right? You know they kick you out of school nowadays for getting in a fist fight? What's an Irishman supposed to do? I'm not about to go out there and express my feelings. I mean, if I can't fight, you know, till today, I don't like to wear sandals because I always think, how am I going to fight with sandals on? <laughs> I need some shoes and some boots, you know? I think, it's, I think it's interesting, the history of bullying and fights and schoolyard and a big lie. You know, there's a big lie. Some of you have probably said it too. Oh, it's not, don't raise any hands. You know, I was taught this when I was a boy, when I started getting in these fights. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You know this? Yes. It, and you know how much it is a complete, total lie? <laughs> it's more like the opposite is true. I would much rather be in a fist fight than have terrible things said about me behind my back. It's totally true. It's totally true. Also, later in my life, reflecting upon this lie that I was fed by adults, seemingly, you know, well-intentioned adults, is that it, it reflects a materialistic view of the world and of the person. What it, what, it, what it means is the true thing about you is your body, not your soul, not your emotions, not your heart. So, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, sticks and stones can break your bones. That's really who you are, but words can never hurt you. But more and more, we're discovering just how much that's not true. How a person's identity, how words, the words that we use to talk about ourselves, the words that other, other people use to talk about uh, us, can make us totally isolated. And when we're isolated from our brothers and sisters, who are we? We're nothing. We lose ourselves. We lose our identity. And we live in a world, therefore, that is based upon this huge lie that you are yourself by yourself. And so what do we have today? What, what is the big plague of today? Loneliness. Is it not true? Loneliness. Loneliness is the, is the plague. We don't think that we're loved. We don't think that we're connected, that we belong to a place. This is, I, I, I was so moved with the, this weekend's readings, thinking about the lepers, while you go to the priest and you have this skin disease. And so now you have to tear your clothes, you have to mess up your beard, and you have to call out unclean so that you won't spread the disease. And you live outside the camp. And I thought how much suffering that would cause for those people. I thought, thank God for modern medicine. So we have modern medicine. We don't have leprosy anymore. I actually looked up the statistics. Uh, in 2022, there was like 120 cases of leprosy in the, in the U.S. Most of them were in Florida. 
So it's still out there. It's still out there. But I think, okay, it's like, all right, well, we fixed this medical problem, but only to replace it with a much, a much more pernicious sort of thing. Because it's not something that you can visibly see. You can't look at somebody and know how much they're hurting. You can't look at a person and see how lonely or isolated they are. And this is what we suffer. And in our world, the more we try to share ourselves, the more we'll get, we get shouted down. And the more we say what we really think, the more likely we are to get canceled. And let's be honest, even amongst the Christian community, how, how often, how many of us have a place we can go where we can really share ourselves? Where we can really share the problems of life without somebody else just trying to fix our problems? Just trying to say, no, it's going to be okay, let's just do this. It's like, hey, can you listen to me? If we don't cultivate a culture of listening, which reflects a culture of communion, then we'll be just as isolated as the people outside the church. And you know, when we're isolated, we're more likely to be manipulated by the powers that be. That's why the powers want to keep us isolated. They want to keep us lonely so that they can manipulate us. This is why, thank God for the gift of Christ, we see that when he heals the leper, this brings him into communion with the people. And in the same way for us, the healing that we meet, that we discover in Christ, is not only a physical or moral healing, but is a, is a healing that brings us into communion, that tends toward bringing us together, to entering into a friendship with God, which comes about through friendship with others in the flesh. Because God always comes towards us in the flesh. Let's make this other note, because there are people today, you probably know, who don't think that miracles happen anymore. That this is like from the scriptures. You ever heard of Our Lady of Lourdes? Like in France? You know, tomorrow is the feast day of Our Lady of Lourdes. And I'm reading the, the, the Franz Werfel book uh, about that story. He's a, he's a Jew who fled Paris during World War II, found refuge in Lourdes, and told God, if you let me escape this war and get to the United States, I'll write a story about Our Lady of Lourdes. And so from Los Angeles, he wrote this nice story. I, I love it very much because the bishop, uh, Bertrand Lawrence, uh, who at the time was the bishop there for Lourdes, he was a skeptical man. And because he knew we live in this materialistic, scientific world, he was very cautious that claims of miracles not be overblown so that the secularists of the world wouldn't look down on the church. So he said, well, if this uh, Lady of Lords is really true, if the apparitions are real, if the miracles are true, I don't want the miracle like uh, I went to the waters of Lords and uh, a month later my cancer went away. He said, I want miracles like we see in the gospel, where the moment you touch the water, instantaneously you're healed. He said, that's the only kind of miracle I will accept. And thank God for him and his cautiousness and his skepticism, because at the very beginning, at the very beginning of the time they were counting the miracles, 15 of those kinds of miracles happened. Instantaneous healings, documented from before and from after. A young woman who had uh, her retinas disconnected from her eyes. So completely, completely blind. And no doctor could help. It's an irreversible thing. Goes to Lourdes with her family. 
The water touches her eyes and immediately she screams because she can see again. And the people that are there will never forget this scream. A young boy who has St. Vitus's disease, where her, his body begins to swell up. And the main problem being the, the throat swells up so much that he can't eat anymore. Father, an atheist, no solution, no doctor can help. Uh, finally, the boy finds a scrap of newspaper at the beach talking about lords, asks his father to go there. The skeptical father brings him because what else are you going to do? And bring some biscuits there to the spring to have the child eat if it's going to work. Puts a couple drops of the Lord's water in the child's throat. Gives him the, the, the biscuits and says, eat child, eat. The child immediately is eating and swallowing biscuits and the father starts to cry. Instantaneous miracles, which you can do with them as you wish. The church normally doesn't proclaim them because we know that if you're going to be skeptical, there's no amount of miracles that's going to change your mind. But my friends, we have such a great cloud of witnesses, so many miracles, so many events, so many ways that Christ comes down to be with us so that we could find and discover ourselves not alone, but always in communion with God. So at today's Mass, let us take that judgment and make a step forward to know who we are, who we belong to, because Christ truly has risen from the dead and he continues to be here with us.